Chapter 8 of The Little Colonel in Arizona. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. The Little Colonel in Arizona by Annie Fellows Johnston. Chapter 8 In the Desert of Waiting. Lloyd sat with her elbows on the white kitchen table, watching Joyce at her Saturday afternoon baking. Five busy days had passed since her coming, and she felt almost as much at home in the wigwam as any of the wares. Phil had been there every day. Mrs. Lee had invited her to the ranch to tea, where she had met all the interesting boarders she had heard so much about. Jack, Holland, and Norman devoted themselves to her entertainment and mary followed her so adoringly and copied so admiringly every gesture and intonation that holland called her miss copycat whenever he spoke to her out of his mother's hearing lloyd could not fail to see how they all looked up to her and it was exceedingly pleasant to be petted and deferred to by everybody and on all occasions the novelty of the place had not yet worn off and she enjoyed watching joyce at her housekeeping duties and helped whenever she would allow it how white and squashy that dough looks she said as joyce turned it deftly out on the moulding board and began kneading it i'd like to put my fingers in it the way you do and pat it into shape and pinch in the kaunas i wish you'd let me try to make a loaf next week will you joyce you may now if you want to said joyce lloyd started to her tent to wash her hands but jack's shout out in the road stopped her as she reached the door he was galloping toward the house as fast as washington could carry him and she waited to hear what he had to say get your rifle quick lloyd he called waving his hat excitedly chris says that the river is full of ducks we can get over there and have a shot at them before supper-time if we hurry i'll catch your pony and saddle him while you get ready how perfectly splendid cried lloyd her eyes shining with pleasure i'll be ready in almost no time then as he galloped on toward the pasture she turned to joyce oh i wish you could go too so do i was the answer but it's out of the question we've only the one horse you know and i haven't any gun and i can't leave the baking so there's three good reasons but i'm glad you have the chance lloyd run along and get ready don't you bother about me by the time jack came back leading lloyd's pony she was ready and waiting at the kitchen door in her white sweater and brown corduroy riding skirt her soft light hair was gathered up under a little hunting cap and she carried her rifle in his holster ready to be fastened to her saddle oh i wish you were going too joyce she exclaimed again as she stood up in the stirrups and smoothed the folds of the divided skirt settling herself firmly in the saddle and gathering up the reins with one hand she blew her an airy kiss with the other and started off at the brisk pace jack set for her on washington Joyce called a laughing good-bye after them, 
but as she stood shading her eyes with her hand to watch them ride away all the brightness seemed to die out of the mid-afternoon sunshine how much i should have enjoyed it she thought i could ride as well as jack if i had his pony and shoot as well as lloyd if i had her rifle and would enjoy the trip to the river as much as either of them if i could only leave the work but i'm like that old camelback mountain over there i'll never get away it will be this way all the rest of my life through the blur of tears that dimmed her sight a moment the old mountain looked more hopeless than ever she turned and went into the house to escape the sight of it presently when the loaves were in the oven and she had nothing to do but watch the baking she brought her portfolio out to the kitchen and began looking through it for a sketch she had promised to show to lloyd it was the first time she had opened the portfolio since she had left plainsville and the sight of its contents made her fingers tingle while she glanced over the sketches she had taken such pleasure in making both in watercolors and pen and ink her mother came into the kitchen joyce she said briskly don't you suppose we could afford some cookies while the oven is hot i haven't baked anything for so long that i believe it would do me good to stir around in the kitchen a while i'll make some ginger snaps and cut them out in fancy shapes with a boy and girl apiece for the children as i always used to make are there any raisins for the eyes and mouths it seemed so much like old times that joyce sprang up to give her mother a squeeze that will be lovely she cried heartily here's an apron and i'll beat the eggs and help you no i want to do it all myself mrs ware protested and i want you to take your sketching outfit and go down to the clump of willows where jack put the rustic bench for me there are lovely reflections in the irrigating canal now and the shadows are so soft that you ought to get a very pretty picture you haven't drawn any since we left home and i'm afraid your hand will forget its cunning if you never practice what's the use was on the tip of joyce's tongue but she could not dim the smile on her mother's face by her own hopeless mood and presently she took her box of watercolors and started off to the seat under the willows mary and norman like two muddy little beavers were using their saturday afternoon playtime in building a dam across the lateral that watered the side yard joyce stood watching them a moment what's the use of your doing that she asked impatiently it can't stay there you'll have to tear it down when you stop playing and then there'll be all your work for nothing we don't care do we norman answered mary cheerfully it's fun while we're doing it isn't it norman as joyce walked on mary's lively chatter followed her and she could hear her mother singing as she moved about the kitchen she was glad that they were all happy but somehow it irritated her to feel that she was the only discontented one it made her lonely she opened her box and spread out her material but she was in no mood for painting she couldn't get the right shade of green in the willows and the reflections in the water were blotchy it's no use to try she said finally mamma was right 
my hand has already lost its cunning leaning back on the rustic seat she began idly tracing profiles on the paper scarcely conscious of what she was doing people's faces at first then the outline of camelback mountain abstractedly time after time she traced it with slow sweeps of her brush until more than a score of kneeling camels looked back at her from the sheet of paper presently a calf just behind her aroused her from her fit of abstraction and turning hastily she saw mr ellestad the old norwegian coming toward her along the little path from the house he had been almost a daily visitor at the wigwam since they moved into it not always coming in usually stopping for only a moment's chat under the pepper trees as he strolled by but several times he had spent an entire morning with them reading aloud while joyce ironed and her mother sewed and norman built blockhouses on the floor beside them once he had taken tea with them he rarely came without bringing a book or a new magazine or something of interest and even when he was empty-handed his unfailing cheerfulness made his visits a benefaction mary and norman called him uncle jan such a feeling of kinship had grown up between them mary said you were here he began in his quaint hesitating fashion so i came to find you i have finished my legend at last the legend i have made about camelback mountain you know i have always insisted that there should be one and as tradition has failed to hand one down to us the task of manufacturing one has haunted me for three winters always it seems the old mountain has something to say to me whenever i look at it something i fail to understand but at last i have interpreted its message to mankind with a hearty greeting joyce moved over to make room for him upon the bench and as he sat down he saw the sheet of paper on her lap covered with the repeated outlines of the old mountain ah it has been speaking to you also he exclaimed what did it say just one word answered joyce hopeless everything out here is hopeless it's useless to try to do anything or be anything if fate has brought you here kneel down and give up no use to struggle no use to hope you'll never get away he started forward eagerly at first yes that is what i thought it said to me but now i know it was only the echo of my own bitter mood i heard but it is a mistake that is not its message listen i want to read it to you he took a notebook from his pocket of course it is crude yet this is only the first draft i shall polish it and study every word and fit the sentences into place until the thought is crystallized as a real legend should be to be handed down to future generations then people will not suspect that it is a home-made thing spun from the fancy of one jan ellestad a simple old norwegian who had no other legacy to leave the world he loved this is it once upon a time a caravan set out across the desert laden with merchandise for a far distant market 
some of the camels bore in their packs wine skins that held the richest vintage of the orient some bore tapestries and some carried dyestuffs and the silken fruits of the loom on shapur's camel was a heavy load of salt the hope of each merchant was to reach the city of his desire before the golden gate should close there were other gates by which they might enter but this one opening once a year to admit the visiting rajas from the sister cities afforded a rare opportunity to those fortunate enough to arrive at the same time it was the privilege of any who might fall in with the royal retinue to follow in its train to the ruling rajah's palace and gain access to its courtyard and wares displayed 